You're listening to the Full Time Podcast with Matt, Alex, and Marcel. Hey guys, Full Time Podcast is back again for round nine. I'm your host, Matt Olson, and I'm joined by Marcel Abu. How you going, guys? And Alex Yamis. Hello, hello. So, round nine, uh, lots happening, and um, a very long schedule due to the Christmas break. We started <laughs> um, on on uh, geez, on on Friday night on the 21st, and we're finished on Boxing Day. Um, bit of a tight schedule for us um, at full time with our Asian Cup content going as well, but where Julie is dedicated to the A League, and it started with uh, Sydney FC scalping a 2 on over Perth. Now, uh, I uh, I wanted to have a, a Perth guest on the show, uh, Mr. Hayden Powell, but um, he's said that he's uh, boiled down a bit since the incident um, that's happened on Friday night. He was wanting to rant, and, and, and I'm going to have to take the duty, so I don't think I'll do it as convincingly as he did. But um, what we saw on, on Friday night was just a, a string of terrible refereeing decisions. Now, I am not being biased at all, um, perhaps I have a, a degree of frustration um, and, and, and thought um, going, you know, slightly skewed in, in this way. But the fact that the game didn't finish 2-2 is actually quite a mystery to me. Um, I'm sure you both know the, the exact incident that I'm talking about with Redmayne. Uh-huh. He's gone down very softly, and um, I, I don't understand why the referee made his decision. And, and, and prior to that, the assistant referee on the uh, left-hand side, at least from where I was sitting on the left-hand side, um, was making a, a string of poor decisions. And, and, and there was one incident in particular in about the 85th, 86th minute where the ball deflected off uh, off De Jong and went out and Sydney got the throw. And it was just it was just a string of frustration, frustrating decision after frustrating decision. Now, look, they had the 2-0 lead. And if it ended like that, I would have been like, yeah, the decisions are one thing, but Sydney FC were the better side. And for most of the game, they absolutely were. Uh, the glory were trash, but then Economides got back with that uh, that that you know that, that that first goal, and the second goal by all means was scored. So I'm just really really frustrated um, uh, that it wasn't wasn't a two two game, and 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 also just just quick words to Liam Reddy because he did make a lot of good saves, um, including one particular double save that was really really special. So I'll go to you first myself, mm-hmm. uh, as I tend to. Um, do you think do you think Perth were wrong or am I perhaps being a bit too biased? No, no, no I, I agree with you 100. Um, percent I think you were very unlucky to gain a point out of that game. Um, look, and even saying that Sydney have been very lucky in the past couple of weeks um, with their with their um, run of form lately. Because think about it, their last game before this was against West Sydney Wanderers, and up until the red card that uh, Vedran uh, copped. They were out of the game, and they essentially beat a very weak Sydney FC, a 10-man Sydney FC. Uh, so they essentially beat a very weak 10-man West Sydney Wanderers side. Sorry, a bit of a mouthful. And even in this game against Perth, um, they didn't have a lot going for them, to be fair. And I honestly thought for all measures that uh, Redmayne went down really easily, and he milked it for, for all it's worth. Look, if that's what got him his side, like the points, then, you know... Some people will say you have to do what you have to do for the for behalf of your team, but in the fairness of the game, you know, I thought it was very it's unsportsmanlike. I, I I don't know. I just thought I thought Perth were very hard done by in that game. Like to me, as a neutral, that should have been a draw. 
Alex, um, uh, firstly, your thoughts on the draw, but but also with with Sydney FC, uh, is is fluking the results perhaps um, one indicator that they're they're really not um, as as strong as past sides? I mean, sure, it's a, it's a given really now, but um, I guess do they do they have the potential to to finish in the top two now, or is it really fading away quickly? All right, so um, well, answer your top two question. No, I don't think they'll finish top two, but I don't think they fluked it. I think they were deserved winners. I mean, yes, that foul, that foul in quotations at the end. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what the go was there. Like, I can see why they gave it. Like, looking at it in real time, but looking back, yeah, it was a pretty harsh call. But at the end of the day, I do think Sydney were deserved winners. Um, they, they looked okay Friday night. They weren't great. I mean. And as you said, Perth weren't fantastic either. But yeah, to answer you, I don't, I don't think they'll reach the heights they have in the past two years. I really don't. They need to bring in someone in the transfer window, especially an attacker, big time. Yeah, mm, no, I've heard I that. agree with that as well. I think uh, De Jong even said just now, um, just recently, that Sydney may need to look in the... Like, they're not worried, but they are, you know, they maybe they should reinforce a little bit because I don't see I think they thing. should be worried yeah like I think it's just a bit of yeah. a cover I think they are really worried like they don't have their attacking foray like they did last year last year they had Adrian Bobo and Ninkovic you know leading the attack and as much as it, I, I would hate to admit it that was one of the best attacks in the entire A-League last year like you don't you're not two years consistently premiers for no reason then I think the wheels kind of fell off a bit when when, when Bobo and Adrian left and it, it's, um, fair, it's fair to say on top of this, it's fair to say on top of this that Steve Corica is probably not much of a mastermind that can that can whip this into shape, you know. Um, and it does come down to the debate, you know, assistant coach or, or someone from the NPL. Um, and, and so far, Rudan has just proved to be so far superior to, to Corica in that respect. Well, what I was going to allude to is, um, yeah, you have Lafondre, um, but he, he doesn't, he's... he's goal poacher, he scores goals, and honestly he's a great signing for the A-League, but compared to last year, he does not hold up the ball compared to the likes of Bobo. He's just not that type of player, and with the way Sydney play, they need someone to hold it up. A goal poacher who just finish, finishes off crosses, low crosses, and, and passes in the box, it's not enough of them. No, I agree with that as well. Like, don't get me wrong, is a great player, but he needs that bit more service just to finish off his um, what he's capable of doing. So we'll move on to uh, to Saturday then. Um, Wellington convincingly beating Brisbane, as uh, Nate said, would happen. Um, so Saturday for all the raw fans there. Rudan's uh, welly machine moving on and moving on quite convincingly. Um, do we think Roy Krishna is a, a bit of a, a bit of a sneaky um, for for some sort of award at the end of the season or perhaps a, a golden boot? I mean, seriously, the, the the form that he is generating, he's becoming very quickly the centerpiece of this Phoenix side, and uh, they've, they've, I mean they've done this yet again. I just I can't wait to see them play the likes of the Victory or Perth next because it, it does seem to be quite an exciting clash, or even. Playing City again, uh, and more specifically away, because City are having their problems, it's fair to say, and, and the Phoenix last time they went to City wasn't a fair reflection um, on the form of the two sides, so I'd really love to see it again. Uh, Alex, go to you first. Are Wellington really proving that they're a top four side in the competition? Um, they're, do- they're doing 
they're doing enough, in my opinion. At the end of the season, do I think they'll make top four? I don't know. But they're definitely going to be a final side this year, that's for sure. I mean, Rudin's doing an excellent job over there, and I did not rate that squad one bit coming into this season. And, you know, I'm glad he's proved me wrong so far. Yeah, Marcel? Yeah, look, I think uh, Roy Krishna. Um, is there, like, an award for, like, the most improved player or something along those lines? Or well, if there is, um, I think, like, I say that in jest, but, like, he, for me, has been one of the most improved players, uh, as if you compare him from last year to this year. Um, he's just literally come out of the docks, and he's just absolutely firing. He's him and a few others. They're the reasons why um, Wellington are where they are. Like I'm with Alex uh, in saying that I didn't really rate the Wellington side um, coming into the beginning of the season, but literally uh, Rudan's done a very good job with what he's with what he's got in front of him. And I think even having Stephen Taylor in the back, it's just shoring up that you know having that experience there, just gives him that bit of impetus and that confidence just to drive a bit more forward. And I think Roy Krishna has a is a very very big part in in all that. No, it's, it's can I also much. just say? Can I also just say? Sorry to interrupt. Um, Stephen Taylor for them. What an immense signing. I mean, I think in my opinion he's been that like, Premier League experience, and for me he's probably up there with signing season. Yeah, and he made um, the A League. You know, he really has a has a has a love for it and a respect for it. And you know, a lot of foreign players just come here for the sake of it or come here for money or whatever. Taylor's different, and I really appreciate that about him. But, but just on Stephen Taylor, start of the season, I was thinking he's he's that he's that man. You know, he's going to really rally the side up to get some you know good form results, and it, it was looking that way. But that um, that you know that was the case. But it shows Rudan's class, and more so that the class of some of these players that we might have unsuspected, because Taylor has kind of been outphased a bit. Um, you know, he's he's not not putting in those phenomenal. Um, Perform sorry for the double negative, but uh, but he really he really has proven that um, there's much more to this team than, than than him at the back there and and the solidity solidity that, that he might be putting into that team because he's not he's no longer the star man he's no longer the person that we look out for um, when we see the Phoenix play and that's a great thing because he's still putting in those good shifts but you're just not noticing them as much so as a whole the the unit is really working. Yeah, I, I would say that he's probably the league's. I won't say most underrated signing, but just the most inconspicuous signing. Like, you know, he's not making a big flash of himself, you know, like a few others would, but he's doing his job and he's doing very well. I think he's probably the most underrated marquee signing this season. Is he a marquee? Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. No, I, I'm, thought it was, I'm, I thought it was just your normal visa player. I'll have to check that. Have a look well, at that one. Regardless, okay, let me, let me just rephrase that then. I think he's probably the most underrated foreign signing. That, yeah, that's yeah, that. That's that, <laughs> that, that the league. I think that's probably a bit better to say. Whether he's marquee or not, yeah. uh, I think still think that he's one of the most underrated um, uh, foreign signings because people think, oh, he's he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's just come from League uh, One in England, kind of thing. And like, you know, how good is he, how good can he be? Now that can is two things. It's either the testament of how good the recruitment is at Wellington, or it proves that, or maybe it shows how maybe weak our league is, but I would like to think that it's a testament of how good Rudan's recruitment is. Um, just on Taylor as well, he's not a marquee, but oh, on your point about league, on your point about him coming from league one, is it like, is it showing weaknesses in our league? I don't think so because English defenders, they're tough. It doesn't matter what league they play in. They will put in a good shift. I, I think it's, and honestly, last year he was um, one of league one's better defenders. So, I think it's a great signing for the league. He's got that experience, and 
he's got. I can't say how much I love his leadership. Yeah, that's such it, a, it's, that's it's why so... it's such a massive thing for the Phoenix. Exactly, and the league needs players like that. Just people who come in who not necessarily the most exciting and flashing player. Like we we know that, you know that our league needs a bit of a kickstart, but you need players like that who are not here just for the holiday pay. Who are here to play to win. They, they, they play to make a statement. They play because they love the game, not because, yeah, it, it's it's perceived as a, um, uh, a, a, a place to go to kind of end your career. We, we need players like this to say, I'm here and I'm going to do the best I can for the team. And just, just looking at looking at the character that he is, I mean, he's, he's, he's sharing all sorts of kind of fun stuff about Wellington and, and being with the boys and, and, you know, fucking around at training and, and stuff like that on, on his social media. So he really, really is embracing the role. And um, you just you, you just have to have so much respect for someone who can actually do that in our league and especially someone who's doing it in New Zealand um, and understanding the importance of football there being in Australia. So, yeah, no, it's, it's a wonderful thing. He's, he's, he's a wonderful player, but uh, we should probably move on. Wait, so just before we do more, I just have one question to pose. And it's probably going to be a bit of a hot topic. Now, we all know the the drama surrounding Wellington and whether they're going to stay in the league or not. Now, if they keep performances like this up, but let's say their crowds aren't as great or maybe the metrics that FFA have posed to them aren't met, but they keep producing results like this, is that enough for them? Do you guys believe that they should stay in the league? Absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, it should be it should be a fair indication because the crowd numbers might be lower, but I mean we don't we don't have to put that much of an emphasis on those crowd numbers being around the six seven thousands because even the bigger clubs get numbers that low sometimes. I mean Adelaide started off the season with ten twelve thousand, but they've been dropping down to sevens and eights now. So if Wellington are only averaging in the low sixes, which they have been consistently the whole season, why should we get enough for that when it's only about a thousand less than some Adelaide crowds? Um, most Marin probably only 8,000 to the F3 Derby, for example. So, I mean, no, no, crowd, crowd numbers would be a terrible metric to pick out. Uh, Alex? Um, well, what I was going to say is, like, I'm a quiet, nicks out kind of person, but if they keep putting in performances like this, you can't, you can't just boot them from the comp. And as Matt said, the, the, the results, the crowds are slowly starting to pick up, you can see. So, like, they keep doing what they're doing, you can can't, but it's interesting what would happen, let's say, when that license ends next season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's 2020. The end, yeah, yeah. The end of next season. Yeah, so and slowly, watch this space. For all the, the nuffies out there saying, replace Phoenix with Canberra, get educated, dickheads. All right. Um, right do we have anything enough. to say Excuse on the rule? <laughs> do we have anything to say on the rule? That defensive effort was shambolic. That's all I've got to say on that. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not, there's not much else to, to, to go with, the, with there. And, the raw, um, I have no idea. Look, I just think that the time is now for Aloisi. Like, it's going to come. Like the, I think he's going to be the first coach to see the axe this season. There's, there's lots of lots of comments about the financial um, the financial responsibility of the Bakris, and, and they are probably aren't looking to do it until they can just replace him um, when the contract runs out. But 
Look, look, I think it's 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 less Aloisi because look, we know that Aloisi is good enough to make the finals. We know that he actually can be a very good manager in this league. Um, yeah, he might have had the failed stint with Hart and whatever else, but there were times where he, uh, in control of Brisbane Raw, he's had some really really decent seasons. I think Brisbane's problem is just the fact that their squad is just far too weak. Yeah, I, I would probably give him to the I, end of the I've season. Been saying that since- I've yeah. been saying that uh, Yeah, I'd give him to the end of the season and then judge the results, uh, judge his performances based on where they end up. Look, I can't see them finishing anywhere in the top six um, if, no if, if their form is like this and if they don't recruit in the in in the January window. But I can't see them doing any 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 form of damage at all. Mm. We'll move on to the Melbourne Derby. Um... I, uh, I mean, given the conversation we just had about crowds and them not really mattering as much, um, that's not a word. Uh, uh, Alex, I'll go to you. Is 24K uh, good for the for the derby, or should it have probably been a bit higher? I mean, I'd, at Amy Park, for a Melbourne derby, I'd like to see a full house. But saying that, it's Melbourne City that were hosting a game, and victory fans can only be allocated so many seats. And you know what City's like with crowd figures, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it could have been better, but I don't know. I'm not surprised. Okay. Yeah, I'm not surprised it's, either. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a fiery draw. Um, did we see anything from um, from the perspective of victory, uh, perhaps losing points on the game, or was it probably fair that, that, uh, that City got the, got the point? Look, I, pro- I see it as victory losing two points as opposed to gaining the one because the way that Melbourne City have been uh, presenting themselves recently, you'd think that victory would get all the three points. But then again, they were without Honda as well. And it just mm. proves that like this season, a lot of their good form has been on the back of Honda being in there and working his magic. Yeah, look, um, I think initially perhaps the, the likes of um, uh, Tracy and, and Antonis having some very, very good performances, we were hopeful that it wasn't it wasn't the marquee men being that massive impact for the victory. But, but seemingly the more we look into it, um, Honda and Toivon and really are those shining lights for, for Melbourne. And it's, it's kind of disappointing. Um, you know, let, let, let's hope um, we can have more to, more to credit some of these other obviously local players and, and even Kevin Muskie himself um, in the future. But yeah, look, um, the fact of the matter is they they didn't have Honda and they dropped points. And um, yeah, feeling that it's more than than just um, more than just a coincidence or, or a sequence of events, it was really a fair reflection on on where the organisation lies. I mean, that's a, probably a very high thing to say in retrospect. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's 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 um, it's unfortunate, really. And um, just on on Melbourne City, um, it's unbelievable that they're still fourth, really, given uh, everything that's been happening. Well, on on and off the field as well. Like you know, the Melbournians, that was their last game as, as mm. a as a solidified active support. Now apparently there are two new active support groups for Melbourne City that have come in 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 place of that. One's called City Terrace, and the other one is called literally Melbourne City supporters. So apparently, yeah, like you couldn't... Anyway, so um, who knows how that's going to work, whether the Melbournians will jump on board with them because usually once an active support group, you know, disbandons, you don't jump onto another one if you were originally part of, of, of the first one. So who knows? Well, I just hope that the crowds for them do pick up. 
and that maybe that these two support groups maybe can merge into one, I guess, because you don't want two supporters in the same bay or next to each other causing conflict. Or maybe it can be like yeah. a North Terrace, South Terrace thing that Melbourne Victory have, that they're on opposite ends of the stadium. Who knows? Well, there isn't a lot of information well, out there. Adelaide and Perth have done it before, and, and, and as you said, the, the, the North Terrace and the South Terrace, uh, Victory style. But um, uh, Adelaide and Perth had it for a little while where they had a, a club called, obviously, the Perth Terrace, who were down one end and, and the shed at the other end, and they bounced chance off each other. And Adelaide even did it for a little while, but I don't really know if the group that was at the other end of the ground um, were really like an actual active support. They were just people who got into the chanting and got it bouncing back and forth. So, look, it can definitely work, but um, with the state of the way things are, I just I doubt that that city could um, could uh, could pull that off. Uh, I just want yeah, to say look, one more thing about Melbourne City. There is a good player that they have, a young soccerer, Rami Najarin. I'm not sure if you boys have heard of him. Uh, we've well, I know we've mentioned Rami quite a few times now on the show. Well, I think um, I think he should probably start for City, and I'm thinking that if they're looking to be this. You know, youth production line Rami is like going to be the next Daniel Azani kind of player for them. He does yeah. really well. He's I think he's only on for about I think it was like fifteen, not even fifteen minutes, and he did very well. And I think he can only get better and better, better from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So the F3 derby, um, Rio Donovan's return was not marked with a goal. But Newcastle got the job done despite being one uh, nil down at uh, at half time. Alex, the the game overall, I'll just take it to you. Um, you know, did, did the Jets have a you know fix things up, or was it more luck, or, or what? Well, first half, I think Ernie started at half time, and I'm pretty sure he said this in his press. I'm just keep doing what they're doing because first half we were all over them, other than their one chance, which they finished off with Matt Simon in typical. Matt Simon fashion, so I won't lie, I was absolutely shitting myself at halftime, and I'm thinking, if if we can't beat this slot, you may as well write, a, write our season off, looking at the table, but um, look, I'm glad we got the job done, we probably should have scored four or five, to be honest, but I think there's a real problem with confidence and the Jets' front three, I mean, I think there's a problem with them... Um, being confident in front of goal like Vargas, I think, is the only one who is confident with his finishing at the moment. But hopefully that changes. Hopefully that changes. What do you do with uh, What do you do with Hoffman now that Royce back? Do you do you just put him put him back where he belongs before? Right back. That's where he played on Sunday. Or oh, sorry, oh, right. Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. He played right back. Um, and then we moved Georgeski left back, so pretty similar to what we did last year with defence yeah, for the first right. half of the season, at least. Does does Roy's return mark uh, the Jets marching back up the table, or what? Well, he's a proven goal scorer, so if he can get get it firing in, especially on Sunday against Adelaide, then I don't see why not. Because on Sunday, that's going to be a huge game, and that's the winner of that goes top six. So. If they can get him far, and um, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't make the top six, but mm-hmm. time will tell. All right, yeah. and uh, Marcel, I just thought Mariners. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I just thought for the Mariners, I thought um, Matt Simon's goal was pretty good. Like as uh, Alex has pointed out earlier, I think it was their first first attempt, and they got it in. 
I thought it was pretty good. But I don't know, like, where do you go from, if you're Mike Mulvey, where do you go from here? It's the same thing every week, isn't it? It's actually kind of painful. It's it's painful to watch. It's painful to talk about. It's just... Like, what, oh, like it's, it's basically what, they, what is going wrong. They, they, can't, they can't sack him. I don't think they can sack him. Because it's, it's, it's not his fault as much as it is the organisation just being a total farce. You know, and it's it's frustrating because I think this this game more than more than any really summed it up perfectly. You know, you take a one nil lead and then it's it's just it's false hope, especially against the rival team. It's it's not good enough. And and jeez, just what the hell is are they going to do? You know, are, are they going to have a Derby County type season? Um, the lowest point. I think they got good, eleven uh, points of the yeah. lowest go- uh, yeah. points accumulated in the Premier League. Eleven points in, in a thirty-eight history, game yes. season. Yes. Uh, and I swear we're on the verge of seeing the A-Leagues version of that in, in the Mariners. Well, um, it is just disgusting. Nine games um, in and only just, two points. Can I just say on the Mariners' part, I think if they were going to win their first game, it had to be against Jets. With the way with the way their first half, they literally set it up for themselves in the second half to defend and, um, you know, sneak even a point in. But well, well, this, I don't know this, what this to do like, with them. I don't know what to do. I don't like. Obviously, it's hilarious for me as a Jets fan seeing them struggle, but at the same time, it's actually quite disappointing because I want to see them up there with us. Because you want to so, fight, you want you want a healthy rivalry. You don't want a one-sided event. Exactly. Now it's like last year; it was funny, but now it's just, for me, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. And like you, you do want them to do well, and I want to see another regional team, in the A League, do well as well, like the Jets. I want to see the Old Mariners. But I don't know, Charlesworth, oh, he's, he's got to go. That's the only thing I can <laughs> see fixing the Mariners up. I just force ownership out like management, which begs the question, when when is it going to end? You know, it, it's <laughs> we, we're saying the same thing week in, week out, and it's starting to really piss me off. Like, can they just can they just do something, make some sort of move that's going to impress us in some way, or at least give us something well, to talk about? they didn't have Ross like, McCormack, <laughs> and they didn't have Tommy Orr, so maybe, like, that is a big part of it. Like, maybe two I mean, of their just... key players aren't, aren't even there. Oh, forget about that for a second. It, when it comes down to it, Alex made the point, you know, they, they had the 1-0 lead, and for me personally, it didn't even shock me. I thought, they're actually going to make a statement here. They're actually going to beat their rivals. Like, I was, I was not shocked when they took the lead. And then to see it deteriorate in the way it did, and to be fair, they didn't they didn't deserve um, um, the lead by all means. But you know, it's just it's frustrating and it's and it's annoying. And they're, they're, you know, there was there was one man. time. Sorry, sorry, to cut you off there. That it could have sealed it for the Mariners, and if it had just gone in, I think it would have been game over. When Connor Payne missed, he his had chance. two chances. He had two of them, and one straight up the kickoff, and then. The one about ten minutes in, he had two chances. I thought if you finish that off, game over. Yeah, a hundred percent. I thought that if he took those two chances, the tick kind of pain. He'll be Central Coast legend. Get the season kick starting. But I don't know. I think he was either like he was goal shy or he was a star struck. I, I don't know what it was. Yeah, frustrating. Very. Frustrating. Uh, all right. Marcel Wanderers two two in Adelaide. Oh man, that that was that was that was tough to see yesterday. Look, don't get me wrong; it was great that uh, we can actually show that we can score. To be fair, one of them was a uh, a saved penalty, like a, a rebound of a of a saved penalty, and the second goal by Bruce Camalto that was fantastic. And it came after that uh, Elsie got his uh, red card. 
Um, to be fair, I thought maybe it was a bit harsh that he got the first yellow card. The second, the second elbow, if you want to call that, was deserved of a yellow card, but maybe the first one wasn't. And I thought that you know we had the perfect opportunity to kill off the game. You know, ten men, uh, t- ten men, Adelaide United. We had momentum back, and we just again couldn't finish, couldn't finish the game off. And at the end of the day, I think it was two points dropped for the Wanderers as opposed to one point gained. Even Marcus Babel said, you know, am I happy that we gained one point or am I angry that we lost two points? He just does. He doesn't actually know what to, what, what, what to think at this point in time. Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, just on Marcus Babel, um, Mr. Fashionista, he was, uh, he was looking flashy as always and uh, it's becoming quite the trend. Um, Quite, quite liking it. So, look, <laughs> that aside, uh, I mean, it's, you can you can look at this result and you can perhaps be be happy that you got a point going away to Adelaide. It's it's it, it's uh it's you know well tough way to some truth and and um you know we we don't know whether whether Wonders really rank um just at this moment in time. You know, are they good enough for the top six? You know, are they are they not? Should they be worried about that? You know, what what adjustments can can Babel make? And actually, the exact same thing is going on for their for their opponents. So it's actually quite fitting that, that the game was a draw. Um, Adelaide are having a, a bit of an identity crisis, um, especially when it comes to actually adjusting certain players in certain positions and. You know, Kerr's doesn't come across as much of a tinker man, but, um, you know, I, I just... And, and to be fair, you can't do much when Bubba Diwar is out as, as much as he is, and you can't um, you can't make the adjustments when um, when you're restricted. You know, you, you're really forced to just play who, you know, who has um, enough experience in a certain position, and that's what he's forced to do. Um, they um, can look can at I just interrupt for a second with breaking news? Blackwood's back next week. Just been announced against the Jets, so they have a striking option now. I know the Jets; they will probably break his collarbone again. <laughs> oh, <woo. laughs> isn't that funny? <laughs> um, um, but look, I found it very interesting as well that he subbed uh, Kurt subbed off uh, Ken Elso after he'd been subbed on. So I think it was only on the field for like I don't know, it was like ten minutes, and he was pissed off as when he when he walked down the the, the tunnel. I don't know if you guys watched the game last night, but. He was fuming, and I, it, would be as well. it was a similar to the Bamiyaha yeah, situation look, as well. He had to, his defending wasn't yeah. his, his isn't his most you know um, you know his good part of his game, so he had to make a defensive substitution. Look, um, I think uh, as I was just trying to say before before uh, Alex chimed in, I think they should look at the fact that they scored two goals and be happy with that because things are just looking a, a, a total mess at the moment. But um. But no, their no, goals on, came on, from, or well, at least their first goal came from a defensive, a massive defensive error by us. It wasn't like yeah. they, they had anything. It was just um, right place, right time, tap in. I think Risden, I don't know what he was trying to do, but he was trying to clear it and kick it with his right foot, came off his left foot, and it just just placed perfectly just for a tap in. And the second goal, um, Nick Suman, who actually did a really good job debuting, I think, as an 18-year-old, you know... Rookie mistake, had his legs open, nutted him through, and there, bang, is your second goal. It was, uh, just on that note, it was a wonderful performance from um, Nikolai Miliuznic. But I just, want, I just want to get back to, uh, to, to Ken Ilso. Um, I think he had a lot of fire about him. He had a lot of, a, you know, that, that massive ego. And he was looking to be quite a promising signing. And, and you know, it, it, did, it, did, it, it seemingly has fallen apart quite, uh, quite quickly with Ken Ilso. I, I don't know that he has 
um, really much of a future because I think it's just it's it's really gotten to him playing here. And I think the reason for that is the ridiculously long off season. I think it really, really affected him because he was really, when he first came to the club, you know, he had that massive announcement and that massive joke about deadly animals and the, the Viking being the most deadly and, and all that stuff. And, and that ego about him, that fire in him, he just, he had to wait that long to the point where he was probably, you know, thrusted out of form, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we don't often see it with um, overseas players because they don't often come into the system as early as all the locals. And uh, I think it's really killed Kennelso's form. So perhaps a bit of a conspiracy there, but uh, I think seriously, um, he's just been unlucky with not playing enough. Um, on Kennelso, I was going to say what also I think he is under he undermined the A League coming here after playing in places like Singapore and Malaysia, where it was just just scoring goals for fun. I think he thought the A League was a worse league than it really is. Yeah. In my opinion, as well. well yeah, that's, that's probably maybe fair. it's a humbling experience for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, uh, I think there's also the, uh, the the physical element as well. People don't think of it as being more like Scottish football, where people really push India. I mean, I forget who it was, but uh, was it Carrasco or Saez or one of the Spanish guys at Adelaide? I remember having no wait, is Carrasco Spanish or Argentinian? I don't know. Uh, look. Yeah, he is Argentinian. I apologise for that. Uh, one of the international players, this is a few seasons back, like 2015, around there sometime, was just talking about how ridiculous it is that, that Australian footballers are just so physical. You know, like we, we talk about the fact that they, you know, they don't have the academies and, and we aren't brought up with the ball and all these things. But if there's one thing we do have, players come here and just get shocked by how physical we are. And I... Uh, you know, I, I think um, Ilso was really expecting more of a cakewalk and really, really got shocked. But but in saying that, um, you know, the form, his his form and his ability was sort of deteriorated just by the fact that he had to wait around Adelaide for so long without playing without playing a match. Yeah, and I don't know, I'm not sure if you guys heard this morning, probably read it all over Twitter, that um, there was a bit of a racist incident directed towards yeah, Rolly Bonavazza. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that was a bit of a dour like a massive dower on the game, like that should not be in the game whatsoever. Like no matter how you vent your frustrations to a rival opponent, it's, I don't know exactly what was said, but you know, you don't want to see that kind of thing in the game at all. Like at all. No. And and it's a shame because we, we didn't really have a history of racism in the A league at all. I mean, we, we, we had our fair share of incidents. That's not to say that A league fans are perfect by any means, but but, you know, it's it's ridiculous that this comes so quickly after the Jamie Young incident that was so open and was heard over mics and, and things like this, you know. Um, the fact that we've had two in one season now when we hadn't really had any major racism incidents prior to that. Um, you know, we had problems with violence and homophobia and that, but, but racism really hadn't hadn't taken a grasp on the league. And, and that's, um, it's just a shame to see two incidents so, so quickly, you know. Yeah. Um, well, also... Um, it's happened a lot. Well, in England, more than it usually would be as well, and it's coming out in the media over there. So something's obviously, I don't know what's going on this year. Like you never really hear about it, and then this year it's just everywhere. It seems racism seems to be happening, which is not a good look for anyone, and it's not a good thing, and should be gone. But look, I think um, I think on the on the point about England though. I think there's still there's still the, the culture about them. Um, they still have a lot of problems with racism and homophobia and the likes in the lower leagues. We just don't hear about it. 
um, for the incident that yeah. happened with, with the incident that happened with Delhi Alley and all that. I think that's um, yeah, you know, that hadn't happened openly in England before, but it's it's definitely not something that England are unfamiliar with. Um, whereas here, we you know. We, the only sort of racism we're used to hearing is comments about, you know, the, the, the Greek South Melbourne fans or people who don't understand the game thinking that we're still all, uh, you know, ethnic tribes, essentially. I mean, it's really, really just bizarre that this has happened so quickly and, and that, that um, something like racism has, has read its ugly head. Now, actually on the point, and we do have a, a bit of time to talk about it, so why not? What, what steps do you take with these people? Because... Banning them, banning them doesn't actually teach them a lesson, does it? And this is this is what what Jamie Young said. You know, you can you can tell um, you know a football fan or, or you know someone from Fiji, you never go into an A League game again. But what does that actually teach them? Nothing. So so get the you know get some sort of government program running up and and get these people you know educated on why these comments are bad because obviously you've been raised a certain way you've been raised by certain people and they're very stubborn and they have their views but but let's let's teach that out of future generations let's actually take a stand and do something about it you know and um and banning you know saying that you you can no longer coming come to a sporting game sure it's a bit of a punishment but the problem isn't actually being taken away look it's a it's a hard thing um it's no, I, I, look, to be honest, I actually wouldn't know. It's It could be a societal thing. It could just be one person's just having a bad day. You don't know exactly where it comes from. Um, but, yeah, I, I would probably say maybe education, educational steps, but who knows? It's it's a, it's a, it's a very much a great issue to, to tackle. But it's it's one that we have to tackle. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying that we don't, but it's just a to actually solve it and as you're as you're saying like yeah banning them from the games it's a punishment but what kind of punishment is it is is there something else needs to be done in about what that thing for it to be effective like i know in with chelsea what the the they do overseas i think roman abramovich wants to send people who are anti-semitic to or switch to to, for the tours at the at the camps to see you know you know for anti-semitic comments and things like that so you know, who knows how, how much an effect stuff like that would have. Just quickly, how ironic is that, that uh, a Russian oligarch is uh, forcing to take steps on racism? <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, look, I think, um, it, you know, it is a grey area, but it's it's not something that we can, we can fret on. It's not something that we can say, oh, well, what should we do? What should we do? We just need to do something and do it now because it's unacceptable. And if it happens again... If it, if it happens again, seriously, do something about it. Um, I don't care whether it's the FFA, I don't care whether it's the government, just do something. Um, you know, a, a spokesperson from a club really has to stand up and say, this is just unacceptable. And the fact that, that you know, people have, but they've, they've just made a statement, they haven't actually taken the extra step. You know, some someone out there needs to do it. And I don't care who it is, someone do it. Well, you know, I think on a more positive note from that, so if we look at it... Um, Melbourne City are on fourth, a fourth. Wellington a fifth. Adelaide a sixth. Jets a seventh, and then you've got Wanderers in eighth. Now Wanderers in eighth are on nine points, and Melbourne City are on fourteen points. So that middle ground of the table, it is still quite interesting. Um, all it needs to happen is a few teams just to pick up results. Maybe teams above them to slip up, and you know, I still think that Perth and Victory are the two teams that that are going to fight for the title for the uh, for the title at the end of the season, but. You know, that middle ground to make the, the final six, those remaining 
uh, four spots is going to be contested between six teams. So I still think it's it's pretty much anyone's game for, 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 the, for, for the middle part of the table. And it's going to make the rest of the season, or at least the summer period, the January period, sorry, very interesting. Because there is going to be a lot of games being played in January. And it's going to be who has the better squad depth to kind of keep up and to push forward. Yeah, look, I think it's actually a, it's a it's a good thing for competition's sake because one thing I like to do with the A League is when I've really looked at a, a, a team's form for you know nine ten rounds uh, now, you know I, I really like to um to really cut the table into those sectors and the fact of the matter is you know from pretty much third to eighth we have teams that are really competitive and pushing. Perhaps they're not all fighting for third in that sense, but they're definitely very competitive. Um and uh, and it just brings me back to what I've seen before with with Babel and the Wanderers there. They're really mixed up and they don't know where they are. And you even look at the team and you think, you know, on, on your day, you, you probably could be like a, a top four, you know, a side that's pushing for the top four. But reality is you'll probably end up in that six, seven, eight bracket. But, you know, we, we can't put a limit on that. Well, uh, and it's, it's a good thing. In good absence thing of pro relegation, I think this is the closest that we're going to have to... An exciting race. Yeah, an exciting race, I and, guess. And, 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 you know, in the, in the future with expansion and the possibility of a second division, how good would it be to have a battle pretty much a battle everywhere on the table because that's something that you don't see anywhere else in the world. You'll essentially have, you know, one, two, three, perhaps fighting for a title, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, fighting for finals, and then nine, 10, 11, 12, um, you know, 13, 14, even fighting for, for relegation. So you'll pretty much have a, a, a battle going on everywhere in the table. And that, that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. So, you know, in, in the, in the, with, the, with the potential of expansion and this and that, the A-League has the potential to turn into something really special and unique in that sense. Um, but uh, this battle for the finals is always consistent, and that's the good thing. And and that's um, you know that's one of the the two reasons why we have it. So it's good. Well, that's one thing that the FFA need to push in their advertising and their marketing. But you know, oh, we, we, look, we, we, we need look, we need to extend on that. Just, just just remember just remember that the FFA have you know really really busted a gut to 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 um. To really work hard to give us expansion and do certain things, I'm not going to say that they're all perfect, but they're definitely working hard and putting putting the right things on the table. So, you know, um, you know, and they they could be more limited by by their budget and, and the likes, um, you know, compared to what we really think. So just just you know, be mindful of it. All good then. Yeah. All right, I think we're just about ready to wrap up. Now, uh, I think I've just realised looking at the schedule, this will be our last A League show of 2018. So have uh, have a happy new year, everyone. Um, we are releasing Group C tomorrow in our Asian Cup countdown, but uh, cats out of the bag, it was pre-recorded. So it, we won't be um, wishing you a happy new year then. Uh, and then we don't come back until the second. So do have a happy new year, everyone. And uh, we'll see you in 2019. All right, happy new year, everyone. Thank you for listening for the year. Thanks, guys. Happy new year. All right, that's it. Bye-bye. This has been the Full-Time Podcast. Thanks for listening, and make sure you tune in again next week as we wrap up another round of A-League action.